This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto alarm rates as slow as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. You don't know this song, stop it. Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a really bad ghost. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know where I got that one from. But you know what happens? Um, just while we're on it, because me and you like talking about random stuff. Do you know what happens all the time on me? Um, it, it seems to slow down. It seems to slow down all the time. And just like when it comes back out on audio, it's just like, you know, like when Carl Torley does that stuff where he takes um, bits of our podcast and slows it down to like we're drunk. Yeah. Um, that's what it sounds like. And it does me head in, but there's nothing I can do. Um, so anyway, uh, we're here, me and Andy, um, for the first half an hour. And for the second half of the show, will be Chris Brack, it will be Peter Smith, and it will be Paul Nolan previewing Liverpool against Brighton. But I wanted to come on because me and Andy have been at each other's throat for the last, um, I don't know, week, week or so with regards to the transfer window and how it's gone for Liverpool, what you expected, um, what the outcome and how you feel about it. So um, we just thought we'd come on here and have a little chat about it. We've we've done a lot on this um, with various people, but me and Andy thought we'd just come on and have a little chat about this because to be honest with you um, we get an awful lot of oh you all just like this or you all just like that and it's you couldn't be further from the truth if you're in their conversations we agree on fucking nothing regarding Liverpool and um, not just me and Andy everybody in the group agrees on nothing you'll never get a vast majority of thinking one thing or the other it always goes um, swings and roundabouts but Andy getting into it um, 
you know, the, the transfer windows are closed. It closed last night at 11pm. Liverpool ended up with Kabak from Schalke on a six-month loan and um, paying about a million quid, I think, um, with an option to buy at 18 million. And he also ended up with Ben Davies from Preston North End in a deal worth up to 1.6 million in and around. But going back to... Big business. Big business. Going back to the start of the window, um, you know... We, we knew what we were like at centre-half. We knew the problems we had. We're going into this window. We didn't know what to expect. But what, what were you expecting? What, what, what were you hoping to happen? Without, without knowing, like, we know what happened yesterday, but without knowing what was going to happen, what were you thinking going into January? What do we need? How do we do it? What way will this club go? And look, try to sort this situation out. Well, I think I, it wasn't so long after the last window closed Van Dijk had that horrific injury. And Gomez soon enough after that again so I think from then on everyone was like we need to reinforce in January we need a defender and then Fabinho comes in does so well mm-hmm. and Liverpool were doing quite well and the, the talk of signing a player at the back probably slowed down a little bit but I think I, I, I felt like as good as Fabinho is at the back there he's too good in midfield to miss you know and all of our problems uh, in midfield, like you know, you can you can pick out various problems. You know, you've got you've got the short preseason, and um, the, the hangover, the emotions of winning the league, no fans, then the injuries, morale, form, everything. But we were we were kind of navigating our way through. We were top of the league come sort of mid December anyway, and then shit started to go a little bit iffy. So um, the ramp, the talk of a, a centre back coming in ramped up and. I think it was it was clear we we needed someone uh, just to get that midfield back together. Was that the big thing for you, getting the midfield back together? You know, yeah, more, or, more than anything. Even yeah. when we were even when we were dropping points, it wasn't because we were conceding too many goals. Yeah, and defense was still war- seemed to work, but we were, there was a serious lack of creativity. And um, we were we went from a team that was maybe having twenty odd shots on target, uh, not on target, but off target, or creating mm. chances to a team that was having none. Seven hours without a goal. Yeah, it was getting ridiculous. But when when you looked at it, like you know, everyone thought that the, the centre back issue had to be sorted. Everyone, it definitely when Matip goes down with that injury against Spurs, it's like our oh, panic stations. We probably need two, mm. and we end up with two, which is absolutely fair. Um. Did you expect more from FSG or did you expect them to do what they've done? Because I'm like, don't get me wrong. I hope Ben Davies and I hope Quebec have brilliant the next six months. They're absolutely amazing. And we go on and win one, if not two trophies. That's what I want. But I got a bit frustrated, Andy, because you did. And you know this. Um, you got very frustrated. <clears throat> I got frustrated, Andy, because I thought, you know, with the situation they're in, you know, do something at the start of the window. All right, me and you sp- spoke about bringing transfers forward. And I think Grizz made a good point in going, look, it's a two-way street. If you want player A, B and C, they're going to cost you a fortune anyway. And now in January, it's going to cost you even more, which is absolutely fair. But my frustration was is that a couple of players were linked to were modest money in today's, in today's game. And it just seemed like, no, they were never going to do this. Did that not frustrate you at all? Uh, well, I think Klopp said it himself. Uh, if they could, if they could bring something forward, uh, that'd be great. You know, players mm-hmm. that were on their radar. But that's that. That was a blue sky scenario. Mm-hmm. Then everybody knows 
in a normal circumstance, the the January window is always difficult. And throw away in the fact that the club are are probably down a couple of hundred million between match day revenue and whatever the losses that are caused by this. So you knew things were going to be tight. You knew money wasn't really there, um, realistically. And I think that's been evident in the the uh, profile of the signings. I mean, we spent like an outlay there of two million, but took mm-hmm. back in two million with Minamino going out and his wages and whatever loan fees involved there. So they've yeah, effectively spent nothing. They've addressed they've addressed uh, the issue, which is the centre-back issue, but it's at the expense of maybe losing an attacking player who may or may not have featured, who hasn't been featured an awful lot. So things must be tight. I said the, the week before was closing, look, everyone was at fever pitch. We were, we were acting a maggot with each other and winding each other up, but... Um, I think it was getting to the stage where uh, we people were wound up because Klopp started to speak, and you know when, when Klopp n- never really doubts the the owners, he's always backed them. He's always sort of said, um, "It's not all his decision; it's a team effort." They tell him what's available. You know, every, everyone's involved. Edwards, um, but when he it, it seemed like he was getting a little bit angry, and it's a side of Klopp. Uh, I don't like to see, I, I like to see Klopp happy. It's nothing I love more than seeing how he was in the post-match interview against West Ham, happy again. Uh, it's it's a comfortable listen to him. But when Klopp's in bad form and things aren't going his way, it's it's an awkward listen. I have I have to turn him off because I, ju- I just don't like to see it. He's an emotional man. He speaks his mind. And it was se- it seemed like he was getting a little bit tetchy with the situation. Um, but whether that was frustration directly at the owners or at our luck or the, the place he's found himself in. We were in fantasy land four months ago and all of yeah. a sudden we're, um, we're battling it out with, with United who are, who are really nine, poor. We're nine nil up at the moment. Yeah. For fuck's sake. But, you know, United and Spurs, when we played Spurs at Anfield, they were supposed to be our closest rivals. Mm-hmm. We batted them off the park. Uh, they they were for a team who was supposed to be challenging the league. Who were sitting in and, and trying to spring forward and with the chance of scoring a, a goal and sitting back in. That's not how champions go about winning winning leagues. So uh, that's that's the sort of battle we found ourselves in. And I can I can understand Klopp's frustrated. But um, look, the main thing is we got a couple of bodies in. It is going to help. And uh, Klopp looked a bit happier. And and look, a lot of the other problems seem to have worn themselves out. Even the game against United, the FA Cup, when we lost, we were showing um, green shoots. There was a little bit more ourselves again. Play, uh, fullbacks higher up, midfield moving a bit quicker. Uh, Mo back in form. And in the last two games, like we're way more ourselves again. So mm. who knows? Um I think we're not just reliant on what happens back there. We're reliant on a hell of a lot of other things. Do you, do you think though? And you know, like we have, we we've been at each other, right? And and that's that's absolutely fine. We no, do. I haven't been at you. The, I haven't yeah, been no, at you have. You have. You've been <laughs> a prick. You've been a prick. And I want you to apologise. Um, <laughs> but but what what I want what I, 
what co- what comes to me is this, right? Like like Chris Brack says, the frustration is the Calder Car deal was scuppered due to Marseille unable to find a replacement on deadline day. We bid twenty two million, so why not do that a couple of days earlier, right? Um, now Stephen O'Connor just says um, you have to say he has to say that the deal for, with Schalke is brilliant. It's a win win, and he's got a feeling he'll do very well. I hope they do brilliantly, both of them. But uh, I think you have to question FSG Andy here, uh, and I, I'm going to say it and. You know, I know you're a supporter of FSG, although you will say, you know, at times, oh, yeah, you know, they could have done this and they could have done that. But I think you have the FSG question, FSG, at a couple of stages here, right? One, I think they should have been all over this on January the 1st. If it's Calder currently 22 million to bid, do it on the, on the 1st of January, right? Because mm-hmm. the, the bid comes in at the end. So we could have went in at the start. Nothing magic happened in January, Andy. Yeah. We did. We weren't back in stadiums. We weren't signing big deals where they were throwing money at us right there on the 15th of January where we could go and spend, right? So that's the first thing. And that shows them up a bit for me that they were only willing to, even if they were willing to spend, they were only doing it when their arm was absolutely twisted behind their back. Well, now, was, was, this, was, was this the deal that was going to send the Rigi the other way? No, no, this was a deal for Caldecar, the centre-back at Marseille, that was just a 22 million bid, um, but Marseille seemed to have turned it down because they couldn't find a replacement. The bid came in too late. Right. Who was the who was the complicated deal for? Oh, that was that was that was Botman. That that came out today. That Botman. It would look like Liverpool were going to send a Rigi to Lille, who were going to send give us Botman, and they were going to bring in some defender. Um, I, I can't remember his name. And but that all went downhill because the defender coming into Lille wouldn't accept a six month deal. Right. But again, that's last thing in the window. When, you know, if we're going to try these complicated deals, why weren't they? There's no way something magicked itself over the month. Now, I get the whole Matip situation. The Matip situation triggered this because I, I genuinely feel that it could have probably been Ben Davies at most if Matip had stayed fit. But even that, he's not fit all the time, right? That's the first thing I'd like to question them on. The second thing is, and like, I know you get money's tight. I get that, right? But I can't understand how Liverpool, you know, Klopp talks about finances and he's made recommendations and the, he's not the man that makes a decision on finances. But there's no, I can't understand why, like, if you look at that deal for the Marseille defender, how we couldn't finance a deal earlier on in this window. Mm. But the biggest thing for me, Andy, out of all of this, is that they had to get, it ended up with Klopp being, coming out more or less in public and saying, I've made recommendations for centre-half and basically they're not getting them from me. Do you agree mm-hmm. with that? Um. Well, okay. So, to your original point about uh, the the twenty million signing firm, we're 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 talking about speculation here. You know, um, we don't really know what this could have been going on throughout the throughout January. For all we know, we don't know. It's speculation. Um, did it did it take did it take them for Matip to be to to not, to realize that he was out till the end of the season? Who knows? Well, I, yeah. I'd say it's a fair it would, assumption, it would, certainly, it, would certainly, it would seem that way. It would certainly seem that way. I, I think it's a fair assumption because, like, they aren't doing anything up to then. They're not doing anything. They're not putting in mm. bids. They're not making bids. And like people will say, oh, you get, you get, you get absolutely robbed in January of a couple of million quid because it's January. But you're getting robbed the closer it gets to that window. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I would assume if there was twenty million lying around, I would assume in the background there was there was activity inquiries. If there was twenty million, because what I said, what I always say about them is now look, half the shit. I mean, 
winding people up on Twitter. Uh, it's become a bit of a playground um, with, with the whole FSG thing. It's so repetitive. It's you know when when I went on Twitter first, there, there was the FSG out um, brigade, and I couldn't understand that. I, I couldn't get my head around it. So I went down that rabbit hole, and I could oh, find yes, you did. I could find a, a very few valid points um, because what I what I seen was a club nearly go under under Hicks and Gillette. They um they they laboured so much debt onto the club and they came in and all I could see was progress. That's all I could see. Year on year things were improving. And I was thinking like this seems to be uh good people who are bringing the club back out of the dark ages, making progress the United made in the nineties and and catching up. And it seemed to me that there, there was catching up to do. So that was grand. That's that's fair enough. And then they made some errors. The seventy-seven pound ticket, um, they they reversed on that. However, mm-hmm. I think they fooled a lot of people there because they spread the cost of that seventy-seven pound ticket across the rest of the ground. That what they yeah. wanted to do was have premium seat, but instead, uh, tickets in the corner, um, with restricted view, <laughs> was the same price as tickets on the halfway line, and they done away with the high um high priority games which were a little bit dearer. So they were able to balance the books with smoke and mirrors, but everyone was yeah. happy enough with that because it wasn't 77 pounds and it, it didn't look ugly. And Up front it no, wasn't 77, yeah. Yeah, and, and no season take a holder who sat in dead center and was lucky enough over the years to eventually get their, their seat they wanted, had to shell out um, an ex- a ridiculous amount of money. It, it tells, uh, whatever, tells them 500 for a year. Nobody had to do that. So everyone was happy. But at the same time, the tickets, they were still bringing in the same money for tickets. Uh, the furlough thing didn't look good, but they reversed it. So look, they, they've they've always kind of listened oh, to fans and reversed they, they, it. They do, they do um, listen. There's no doubt they listen. Yeah. And and by all means, listen, I'm with you with regards to FSG. Overall, I understand the model. Um, yeah. I understand what they try to do. I understand how they do it. I understand where they've got us to. And, yeah. you know... Like I, I, I genuinely feel when when FSG do decide to sell this club, you're going to end up with some Middle Eastern, um, you know, whatever it is, like shake, um, in the door or or Russian money or Chinese money, and we don't know what we're going to get with them either. You know, the, the very simplistic way of looking at it is, well, if a shake comes in, he's going to fucking spend loads, yeah, and then he can piss off, and all that money you've spent. You know, you're you're lumbered with a bit like mm. Abramovich at Chelsea. If he fucks off, mm. or or or, the, or um the guy at, at Man City or PSG or whatever it might be, I I'm with you on that, and 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 I understand the process. I understand, like you can't argue where they've got us, you know. And I find it hard to argue where where, where they've got us, but I do t- think at times, Andy, that they have to be questioned over. Over the way they're doing things like that. For, for, for me, for me, for me, they haven't stepped out of their comfort zone in probably the biggest injury crisis they've had under Klopp in, yeah. in a season where you're still in the league title miraculously with whatever everything that's happened to us, mm-hmm. and you're still in the Champions League. And the killer, Andy, is that Jurgen Klopp usually bats away this stuff. We only spoke about it ten days ago. He usually bats this stuff away. Ah, listen, we don't know about transfers go away, but he. The killer for me is is that Klopp, and we always say it, he works brilliant in this system. He works brilliant under this this regime. And we feel that maybe the club will struggle when Klopp leaves. Could anyone else do it? But when you have the manager, Andy, coming out and being more or less public about making recommendations, but he doesn't sign off the financials. He's basically telling people, I need players, I want players, but I'm not being given them. 
So look, this is just another occasion where they've they've maybe made an error in the original decision. 150 years of Children's National Hospital. 150 years of groundbreaking research, of exceptional healthcare for kids, of helping families like mine and yours. 150 years stronger with your help. Please give today. Visit childrensnational.org slash 150 years. That's childrensnational.org slash 150 years. To do something, and they've stepped in and tried to rectify it as best possible. That's that's happened a good few times. There's a couple of other issues I have with it with FSG that nobody else seems to have. But I I suppose after winning the league, the the joy it brought me, I would have I would be a little bit more lenient than the next person when it comes to um being critical of them. Critic, be critical is fine, good, uh, healthy debate over what should and should be done. We're all only acting on what, what we think might be happening on the scene, speculation. There's no facts, really. The facts for me is it's, it is obvious when you look at the financials that that there isn't money lying around. Anyone go, they're published there. They, the club are obliged <laughs> to publish their uh, financial returns every year uh, uh, under UEFA regulations. And the money just isn't there. So take take away um, take away the... Uh, the match day revenue that they lost. When it comes to a situation where they're where they're saying, "Well, well, the money isn't there," I, I kind of accept that. I just believe I believe it because you look at the financials and it's true. It's just not there. Oh yeah, because because they 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 pump everything they get back in. Yeah, you know, so I, and, so and, I would... and 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 people do say, "Look, I, I'm going to agree with you here." People people say, well, "Why can't they spend such and such?" And I'm kind of going, "Well, if they start spending their own money, lads." They're going to want a return on that. That's that's how it works. Well, the, you, look, there, you know, unless, unless unless you're unless you're an absolute billion billion trillionaire where it doesn't mean anything to you. But if you if FSG start pump, pumping a hundred and two hundred million quid into this club, they're going to want returns. And what I mean by that is is that you'll see the likes of a Chelsea situation where if you don't well, get the results, get their, we, you they know, will get the return soon enough, Gav, because they they are looking for investors, and there's this. Um, there's this kind of belief that if you get an investor, they're going to spend that on players. Mm. That's ridiculous. They're just going to get their first return on their initial investment. Oh, because that, that's never the thing. Been, if they're worth yeah. 1.5 billion pounds, yeah. if they say to somebody, listen, you can have 20% of this club for 300 million, okay? Um, that's the return that, that on their initial up. investment. They back. take that 300 million and they walk away. They, they don't walk away, but they put it away and they go, that's their initial investment gone and we still own 80% of the club. That's what yeah. they do because they're businessmen. But, Which is so the money goes back into the hedge fund. Um, I understand that, and and that and that that's that's what that's how they they make their first little bit of uh, coin out of the club. We, we if you look at their returns, there there is no dividends paid out, there is mm. no shareholders paid out. Um, so so when it comes to when it comes to windows, I don't expect them to pump money in because they've never done that before, and they're not hobby owners, and there's very few clubs worldwide who actually have that model. But what what um what they seem to do, and which will probably need to be reviewed over time, is everything they've everything they've earned from winning trophies, like everything, all the progress they made in in the Champions League, and then winning the trophy, and then the league, and the the acceleration and t- uh, in the TV rights figures, it's all being paid to the players in bonuses. Yeah. So, but the, but I, that's but that's but that's obviously a way of keeping up with the bigger spenders. 
Yeah, so you, you know. so it's so it's invested the the success is invested back in the club. So we we had a prehistoric kind of deal with New Balance, um, which which was desperately and uh, needed review. There was other clubs getting bigger deals than us, and smaller clubs getting bigger and better deals than us. So then they negotiated the Nike deal, and lo and behold, we get hit with a pandemic and an, um, a global economic crisis, and all that fucking money that's been guaranteed. Uh, what with the Nike deal is being lost on the match day revenue, so mm. people just need to understand that there is there is there isn't just money there. They're not pretending uh, that there's no money there because what we've seen every year when you look at those financial highlights or you look at those uh, statements of financial position, they actually do invest back in the team, and investors don't leave cash lying around. They always whether it's invested in capital, invested in, you know, the training ground, or they've always put money back into the club. And you'll mm. see that oh, they people just see the big number, like the, uh, the turnover was 550 million. But they have creditors of, of 350 million due in the next year. So straight away, <laughs> their revenue is gone. Yeah. For no, I, I, I fully, I fully understand that, that, like that, what, what do you, what do you take in that they send out, you know, whether mm. it's, uh, whether it's internally to players or, or whatever it might be. Uh, Pat Panasar says just a little support to the channel. Nice little, uh, Perfect. win. Thanks to, to Tapas Pulis. The gift that keeps giving, of course, Tapas Pulis being, um, uh, Mikel Arteta, uh, the spoofer. Um, but thanks a million well, for that, Pat. Um, thanks I don't think I everyone. answered your question fully there. If, okay. If, Sorry, if Andy. It was a thing, if it was a thing that there was 20 million. Uh, lying around. Well, then I hold my hand up. I think, well, that, that's an error. I mean, that is a, a complete error. If you have, if you have twenty million available at the beginning of the window, it should be it should be spent. Now, maybe it was earmarked for the summer. Um, they had they had ideas of spending it then. What when when they do sell players like Origi? I, I know Shakiri was earmarked for sale, but when they do sell them players, they can add that 20 million on and bring in a proper quality center back, which is, I think, which I think is what we desperately need at the moment, because I don't think we're going to get much money for Matup and we're not going to get much money for Gomez and both players. If you look at last year, say last summer, when you look at Lovren, Matup and Gomez, I don't think anyone could argue much with you and say that two of the three of them need to go and they need to be replaced with two dependable, reliable players. Mm. I'm happy. I'm happy enough with the lad that's come from Germany because I actually do think he was on our radar. I think he's a player they probably would have paid 30, 40 million for in the summer. Um, and and now we we get the next best thing is a loan with an option to buy, not an obligation to buy, but an option yeah, to buy. Yeah, it's so a good deal. It's it true business again. The Ben Davis one is like, look, they've... They have a limited amount of funds there and they went out and they've got someone from the championship that kind of fits the model. And uh, that's it. That's the one. That, it's not even a risk because they'll probably increase. If, even if he plays four games, they're probably going to increase his value and there's going to be a sell-on. Because don't forget, they always got they always got billed as money ballers. But we don't money ball, not like Chelsea do. We don't buy players, send them off out on loan and then make a big profit on them. We buy players uh, that that are, are cheap and we increase their value but we don't go through this whole thing of just increasing the value and selling increasing the value and selling they look for value in the market and it's their, it's it's been their way it's been their strategy 
strategy to compete with the bigger clubs, with the bigger spending power. And you just got to hope that over time, when things get back to normal, they increase the capacity of Anfield again. They start bringing in more match day revenue and the big and the night deal starts to really fruit and they they can start spending a little bit heavier because the way it is at the moment, the way they have everything worked out, everything they win, uh, all their gains on the pitch are being sunk straight back into wages. Now, yeah, but, you, but, but, but the reason that is is that their end game is the value of the club. They're not looking to make. They're, they're not taking the dividends out every season. So if they if they balance books every single season, they know majority of the time that they'll be successful on the pitch with a bit of luck, yeah. and their value goes up. You know, their value yeah. keeps rising all the time. But the last question so, I give to you, Andy, and listen, you know. So now, just just on that point, so they pay they pay we pay an awful lot of uh, money wages on admins, not admin staff, but off the pitch staff, huge mm-hmm. amounts, more than most clubs. And there's people paid huge amounts of money to increase shareholder wealth. That's what that's what their job is. Their their job is to increase the value of the club, and that's what they're doing. And when when they do eventually sell the club, now I don't think I don't think they'll sell the club for two billion or anything like that because nobody would see that as an opportunity. They would see that as the club maxed out. They would see that as they've they've uh, they've saturated the club. They've um, they brought it as far as they can. It would have to be sold somewhere cheaper for somebody to see that as an opportunity, unless we're bought by Saudis who it's just a hobby to them. And I think that's really dangerous. It, I think it is as well. I think it's, I think <clears throat> as much as we look to Klopp's successor, I think the successor to FSG have to be looked at closely because I'm with you a little bit. Look, we all want big shiny things and, and, and new things, but you have to kind of, temper that way where's the money coming from and could this person just turn around and leave us on our arse um, at the drop of a hat but the last thing I'll ask you Andy before we go um, do you think they come out of this transfer window looking good because I don't um, it just depends depends on your uh, perspective I suppose I, I don't think they come out looking great or, or I don't think they come out looking uh, bad either I think they 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 listened to Klopp in the end, which is what we all wanted. They brought a couple of players in. Uh, you can't say it was a fabulous window. You can't say magic was done, but but it, but some um, important business was done. We addressed problems at the back, but it was at the expense of Minamino going. Now he may or may that may or may not turn out to be a mistake. You know, we could need him. We could have a few injuries up the up forward up the pitch, and then look at. And then everyone be criticising FSG for letting them go. So let's see how that one plays out. But um, no, I don't. I, I, I've, I don't have an extreme position on it. To be honest, you, you're angry with them. I can see that. No, I'm not angry with them. Um, <coughs> I'm not angry with them. I'm a bit. I'm, I'm frustrated, and 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 the biggest frustration for me is is that yes, we've got players in. That's that's the thing. But my biggest frustration is that they look like they've upset Jurgen Klopp in some way. And that, for me, is just a fucking no-go. It's an absolute um, no-no. If that's, if yeah, that's true... That, that's, my, uh, that's, my, that's my frustration. Because but I, like, like, if, when I look if at I it... Thought, yeah, go on, go on. If I thought that they've they've uh, broke relationships with Klopp, I mean, that's... that's uh, None of this can work unless everyone is in this together. It's been an, a, a, an extremely good team effort since Klopp has come in. Everyone. Uh, all the people that Klopp has, has recruited, backroom staff, um, and all the people that FSG have brought in to support Klopp 
identifying players. Edwards, um, people like you know, it's it's just it's just a comedy for me. This whole FSG thing. Every time somebody doubts them, they're proven wrong. Every time, Gav. Every time. Oh yeah, no. Listen, uh, people I, laugh I, I, at I, I, the idea I, I, I of Edwards coming them. in. I, I don't doubt them. I, yeah. I don't doubt them. I think I think the model for us is very good. You know, I think it will. I think I think it will get us to a certain point where there could be a crossroads in you know where we want to get because. Like to stay at the top, we are at the top. Don't to stay at the top. It actually takes more money than you've spent already. It just takes so much to to stay ahead of people because when you're at the top, people want to topple you and they'll go all out to do it. The likes of City will do it. United will do it. Chelsea will do it. In Europe, PSG will do it. Not so much Madrid and Barcelona because they're up shit creek. But yeah, other clubs, that's, Bayern that's Munich, what can you happen. Know, they all will. But and and there will be a crossroads at some stage with these owners I think that's why the investment is being spoken about not only I don't think someone will come in and go there's 300 million there's your investment back I think it'd be, it could be something like 500 million for 33% of the club and they'll take that 200 and invest it somewhere and that's the next step for the club I think that's it but what what I'm saying is is that when you look at the, for me when you look at this window yes the business has been done in the end and we don't know if that form we've had over the last month would have been changed with a different centre back I think the whole team looked off regardless but when you look when you look at what's happened throughout the month of January what we knew coming into January what happened throughout January and right down to the last day uh, and the, the comments from Klopp and his demeanour about transfers and his irritation his irritation is only one thing for me and that's because he hasn't got players and yeah. And and it was left too long, and I th- I think they come out of it looking badly. Well, that's where that's where uh, the the sensationalism thing came from. You know, uh, I think you can you can read you can make you can make huge amount of stories out of one comment. So Salah does an interview, and he says that he would have liked him to be captain that day, and all of a sudden uh, there's a huge chunk of the fans against him over this. Mm-hmm. Salah goes out and scores a couple of goals, and that's. That's gone. So mm-hmm. it's the fickleness and it's the it's the reaction hot take thing. Well, time will tell whether relationships are broke down between Klopp and FSG. I don't think they have. I think he made comments. He he spoke his mind. He's an honest man. He's emotional. I I, I love him for that. And uh, and I think they can move on perfectly from it. So do no I. problem. Uh, just just as a couple of, couple of comments there. Yeah, Leo Pill, and he said it a few times. No one's above criticism. No, you're dead right. They aren't. Criticism, healthy debate is fine. It's just, mm. it's just. I think when it gets toxic, that's when, that's when, that's when it becomes a problem. That's when uh, people start fighting over nothing. And then Sam says it's not sustainable. Well, I'd argue it is sustainable. What FSG are doing is is creating that sustainability. They're not if they if it was uh, unsustainable. I would say it'd be unsustainable if they were spending money they didn't have. You know, yeah, I, maybe maybe the sustainability argument is is that we've got so far with this. How much further can we go on this model? And I think that's a, I think that's a, I think that's an okay question. Yeah, but if you if you look at um, if you look at uh, maybe deals that were done in the early days, they were spending maybe like fifteen twenty million on players, mm-hmm. and all of you so all of a sudden we were um, we were spending the world record for a centre-back when we needed it and we spent the world record for a goalkeeper when we needed it. Mm-hmm. Now, they'll, they'll, I, can, I can predict the comments, that's the continuum money. But look, lads, income is income. Uh, whether you bring in money from player sales or or commercial revenue, it's all it all goes into the one pit. Yeah. And their, their growth off the pitch has enabled them to, 
to do uh, to make that sort of spending. So with the deal, especially with the night deal, and look when things get back to normal and, and fans are back in the grounds, I I do see them growing and growing again and and becoming more and more competitive in the market. And and it's not having these conversations in January that we have to spend a million or a million and a half. But this this whole thing has been a direct result of 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 the pandemic. Yeah. So Can you imagine two hundred million. Uh, we're going to be down on on revenue. Five hundred fifty million last year it was up seventy million from the year before. We're going to be down two hundred plus when yeah. we see the no, uh, the I, figures. I, I, I we are going to be down money because look, we, we've built everything around having people in grounds, and you know people go on about match day revenue. It's not that much, but it's it's nineteen home games. It's it's probably close to 40 million quid it's a lot of money um dan bailey says fsg are making us self-sufficient so it's sustainable and um, somebody else says a uh, sudden realist said uh constructive criticism we don't do enough of it and that's that's fine like i think we do uh, i think we do too much uh uh destructive criticism i think i don't mind criticism once it's it's balanced and what i mean yeah. by that is is that if fsg went out um if FSG went out on the 4th of June or whenever the new transfer window opens and says uh, Jurgen Klopp needs, it turns out Jurgen Klopp doesn't like Quebec and he needs a top class centre half and he drops, they drop 40 million quid on someone and everyone's delighted. I don't want people turning around then and going, oh, but what happened in January? Well, yeah, you you can criticise in January and, and praise now. Don't not praise them now because you've criticised them in January. That's not balanced. And I try to be as balanced as I can with regards to everything around football, but especially FSG. Yeah, well, you I, do, you, I, I you don't do take, I don't take a, I'm FSG are gods and I don't take they're the worst people you've ever met. So yeah. that's how it balanced. But Gavin, you do what, Gavin you Walsh, do what I do. Um, go on. Gav Mulch says, I think Gav is overreacting to the club comments. They backed him, which should be the bottom line. They did back him. My frustration is just that it wasn't done quick enough. And it led to him. As soon as Klopp stepped out of that, baton, stepped away from batting away transfer stuff and um, going into it and clarifying it and clarifying it and clarifying it, his voice, you know, that that noise got louder and louder for me. And I just don't... Maybe it's selfish because of how much I like Klopp. I just don't want to see Klopp annoyed in any way by this football. I like Klopp more and than I think, you. And I think, well, I don't know. I think I think Mane <laughs> wants it more than you, but we'll have no, to wait and see. Uh, no, you, you do what I do. You take everything in isolation. So uh, I, I have taken genuine isolation. I, I I just know that based on previous um, activity in the market, they've, uh, they've, they've invested back into the team what they had. So I I was confident coming into January that what they had they would spend. Now it become it, it does come as a surprise to me that there was twenty million available. That could have been money that they had earmarked in the summer, as you say. We don't know. We're speculating, but it would come as a surprise to me that they they had money to spend in January and Klopp wanted to spend it and they weren't allowing. That would come as a surprise to me and that would disappoint me. But if that that's if that's a fact. Hmm. Okay, Stephen Max says Gav is just gasping for a scoop. That's all he'd be grant. No, I'm off it. I'm off it. Um, to the surprise of a lot of people, um, Steve, Stefan, I'm not. I'm not. Maybe doing that's it. the problem. You're very, <laughs> you're very aggressive. Um, but no, look, we just wanted to have a chat about it. We wanted to, um, we wanted to, we wanted to take it from both sides, kind of, you know, because like me and Andy had different opinions on it, and that's absolutely fine. It, 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 Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. 
The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Well, I don't think yeah, I don't think you really knew what my opinion was. Like, you know, it's a bit of a madhouse, the group. Uh, half the time, I don't even know what I'm replying to. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you, then, just, you just say stuff like, yeah, she was telling me, and you just leg it then for a day and then disappear and come back whenever you feel like it. But before we go, I better get the lads in to preview this game against Brighton. So, Andy, top red, um, FSG sympathizer. Uh, how, mu- how much? The owners. Or how many? <laughs> owners, ultras. Um, how many goals are Liverpool winning by tomorrow before I let you go? I think I predicted 4 1. 4 1. Okay. Yeah. 4 1 to the Reds, says Andy. Um, we're going to get Chris, we're going to get Pete, and we're going to get Paul in now. Andy, thanks a minute for joining us. I'll see you on FIFA later, yeah? All right. See you on FIFA later. All right. Love you. FSG again. All the best. All right. Bye bye. Uh, that was Andy um, and we just thought we'd have a chat about that because we're killing each other in the WhatsApp group for the last um, the last week or so like literally it's it's relentless like you, you you basically you go to sleep and you wake I don't sleep a lot but I go to sleep and go up there's 700 messages and you just can't not read them because you want to see if you can find anything that you can have a go with people it's absolutely re- it's it's relentless but um, I'm going to add in I'm going to add in Chris there's Chris I'm going to add in Paul there's Paul and I'm going to add in Peter Smith there is Peter Smith lads can you all hear us is everything okay perfect <laughs> all good stuff good stuff right that's enough of um, that's enough of me and Andy acting the maggot um <laughs> Right, Liverpool play Brighton at Anfield tomorrow night. Um, Manchester United uh, against nine men, I believe. One one man sent off after 70 seconds. Nine first-team players missing for Southampton. They've won 9-0. It's all the nines. It's all the nines tonight. Um, they've won 9-0. Um, Hassan Hewitt will probably go on a deadly run now, so I won't worry about it. But Liverpool Liverpool do play Brighton at Anfield tomorrow night. Um, we go into it off the back of wins against Spurs. And, of course, West Ham. Both 3-1 wins in London um, last midweek and last weekend. And, lads, um, I want to get straight into it because Andy just kept talking there and so did I. So we, we kept just later than we should have. So, um, P, I'm going to talk to you first. You look great. You only even walk. You're short and well, all. So, yeah, well, you know, we're walking from home, so yeah, we've only finished. Do you put a short arm for walk? <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I spend you? most of the time on the camera talking shit to the crew, so no choice, no choice. Pa- no pair of tracksuit no. bottoms on. The <laughs> bottom right or, or, yeah. or nothing at all. Yeah, yeah well, I know that's <laughs> oh, an image. Listen, I didn't want to say that, but that's the way Pete rolls. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pete, going in, going into this one. Um, we're back in a bit of form. There's a bit of confidence there. We've made those two signings that you talk about. They won't be involved tomorrow, but it looks like, um, no. not registered in time. But um, it's one where we have to get back to winning ways at Anfield, isn't it? Because our last game at Anfield, of course, was a defeat to Burnley. Yeah, I'd like to see a clean sheet. You know, we've forgot that habit as well, to be quite honest. Um, I, I do worry about Brighton. You know, they're, they're going about things the right way. I thought they were... Thought they were outstanding against against Tottenham. They made Tottenham look childish. And Tottenham, maybe the architects of their own downfall. Probably, you know, Jose trying to match them and going three at the back didn't help things. But you know, Bright. I mean, this this coach is a very talented guy. He does he doesn't get much coverage, but he's turfed out a lot of the guys that would have been go to guys. Got rid of Glenn Murray. Got rid of uh, uh, Shane Duffy. Who you know, let's face it, was seen as the, their linchpin. And by all accounts, by his performance at Celtic, it's, it's it was a it was a job well done to get rid of him. Now they worry me. Um, not enough, you know, to think that we'd be beaten. But 
you know, it's a long time since we had one of those games where you're kind of going at halftime. I can sit back and enjoy the second half. We'll just pull these apart. Yeah, like, uh, you know, for me, it's it's going to be another squeaky boom for an hour. Let's see how we get through it, you know? Yeah. Um, before I go on, um, if you're in the chat and you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. We passed 8,000 last night. Andy made a big announcement, um, but we passed 8,000 last night. Our next target is 10,000, and we're going to give stuff away when we get to 10,000, including a watch from Tay Rock that I have committed to already, but other stuff to go with that. Um, we also have an update on our campaign for that the young the young child keen and um, we've got our prizes together we've got it nearly ready but i'm going to give you a list of what the prizes are later and some details before it goes live hopefully by the end of the week so please hit the like button um please share if you can and if, you, if you're in there and you haven't subscribed please subscribe um we're doing our absolute best for you six nights a week uh chris i'm going to come to you next um brighton there Pete says they worry him. Um, the only worry I have about Brighton is they have a bit of a pace, pace and attack, and we look like we might go with Henderson and, and Phillips at the back. But having said that, um, you know, we've, we've come up against Son, we've come up against Antonio Bone. There's been a couple of fast players in the last couple of games with this makeshift centre half partnership. Is it one that worries you? Because they've won away at Leeds. I think they drew a home to Fulham and they beat Spores, which didn't surprise me. But is it one that worries you, or is it, is it one that you can, is a great chance to cement this little bit of form we're getting back into. Um, it doesn't worry me. It probably would have done a week ago. I think I think the fact we're in a bit of form now helps. And general Klopp size, they like to... Uh, how can I put it? Um, if they have a setback, they like to sort of react to it. So they've now had their first loss in eight years at home. So they want to now go, right, let's start run number two. Let's try and Let's try and equal it. Uh, so I think those sort of things help us. And I think one thing that might play in our favour, we've seen this a couple of times, I think Bournemouth were a class of this and other teams of that ilk, they're not used to three games in a week. So as much as they did well against Spurs, I think what they did against Spurs might take a lot out of them. So you might find actually it's the best time to play them because they might be a bit leggy and their squad isn't isn't as big. Uh, the concern for us is, I, I would say, is who, who falls over next in terms of the injuries because as as it stands, everyone's fine, but you know, give it two hours, we'll find out somebody else has fell over and is out for a, a week or two. So, if it, if we could play the same side that played against West Ham, maybe Jones for Milner, uh, that should be enough in theory. I think so. I think so. Um, I, I think you know. I don't know if there's any word on Mane yet. Um, Firmino obviously comes off the bench after not starting, so he he's he's absolutely fine. Paul. We go into this one off the back back of those two wins, and and you know for me it's a, it's a real it's a real must win because we have not only have we well United have won tonight I think City will win at Burnley, um, and we play City on Sunday. But what do you want to see from Liverpool? Because going away to Spurs and going away to West Ham, especially because Spurs Spurs on a high suit us, you know I think West Ham on a high most definitely suited us. I think on Sunday because they they were kind of cock a hoop going into it and you know everyone telling us what West Ham are going to do us this is a different game I think for me Brighton kind of know where they are they're in decent form but I think this one we don't I don't know if we have to be careful of it but I think I, I don't think this game suits us as much as the two away games if you if you get what I'm trying to say to you I do but on the other hand these are the types of games that are must wins if you have any sort of pretensions to want to challenge for a title, let alone retain one. So 
I definitely get that. You know, they're they're in good form. They had a good results against Spurs. I mean, I think that is as much to do with Spurs being absolutely atrocious without Harry Kane as much as it did with Brighton's performance. So, you know, not not to be too black and white about it, like Brighton at home for the champions, regardless of the lineup, like that's that's three points. Like it has to be three points. So nothing less than a win is going to be good enough, unfortunately. So to be honest with you, I'm at a stage now where, you know, obviously with the way the lineup is and the injuries and everything else, and great, we've got bodies in. That'll help. Remains to be seen how they're going to settle in and how they're going to contribute. But I would take literally, you know, an own goal going in off like Adam Colony's Colony's uh, backside, basically. And that's it. A one nil. I don't care. Like anything to do, anything but a win, like in any way, shape or form is going to be good enough for me, given the recent form. Given the fact that you know it's an incredibly intense time of it, and given our personnel situation, so a win by any means necessary is good enough for me. Mm. Pete <clears throat> Brighton and Potter are spoken about as you know he was brought in because uh, I think he replaces Chris Euton, doesn't he? And mm. you know there was uproar at the time. Euton's doing a great job, but Brighton wants to go in a little. T- different direction with the way they were playing football Newton was very you know solid team and look to look to take the chances that that may come their way whereas Potter's a bit more open he tries to play a bit more open football he likes to press teams at times and when you look at this one you know I noticed against West Ham not so much against Spurs when Matip was there with, with Henderson but against West Ham I didn't think their line was as high and mm-hmm. what I mean by that is when, when our fullbacks were getting it and knocking it back to Henderson or Phillips, they were probably 10 yards inside their own half. Whereas usually Van Dijk could be standing in West Ham's half going, give me the ball and I'll sort it out. Is it a case with this if they're going to press and if they have high energy where Chris has a doubt on that because they're playing three games a week and it's a valid point. Is there an argument that we don't need such a high line but we need to make this pitch big. Make it big yeah. and use the ball and that's our that's our way home. Yeah, I think I think you've answered your own question. I mean, when you mentioned Ver- Virgil, we we him not being there bring pushes our line back. You know, those ten yards anyway. I don't know if I agree with Bracky. I understand what he's saying in terms of you know they've they've had a good run against Tottenham, but I don't know how much energy they had to use against Tottenham. To be quite honest with you, so Tottenham looked to me like they had nine. Well, they had ten men against Brighton. Brighton looked to me like they had energy to spare. Even towards the end, they were completely overrunning Tottenham, not not stretching themselves. And they, it should have been two or three in the end. Aaron Connolly had one taken off the line. So for me, yeah, to be honest with you, I'd I, I would I wouldn't take I won't take for granted that they'll be knackered. I think we have to somebody made the point in the comments, I think it was Leo Poole, that we have to get at these early and we have to press high and hard early. I think you're right. Um, that's probably going to be key, and the fact that Virgil Van Dijk is not there, we haven't, we haven't been at it. A lot of people are saying it's taken, uh, you know, a lot of passing options across the back and and bringing the full backs into the game. But I think it's it's kind of taken that confidence to squeeze the game high and really take advantage of being at home. We haven't looked the same, particularly at home. You know, looking at and it's not it's not as much the crowd has missed, but we haven't without Virgil's presence and his recovery pace and the way he marshals that for we just haven't been that pressing presence that we have in midfield. I know we're borrowing lads from midfield to play centre half as well, so that doesn't help. But I just think 
yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. You know, we're just not that same present presence without him back there. You know, it, Chris, is it more of a control thing? Because w- when I watch Liverpool during during their bad form, I don't think the effort was lacking. I think the effort was there, but it didn't seem as structured to me. Now that can come from like. Pete says you have two midfielders at centre half, or you have a young centre half or a midfielder, and we had players out at the time. You know, Thiago still wasn't back and stuff like that. But is it is it more control from Liverpool? Because I think what you're seeing at Tottenham and West Ham is going back to last season Liverpool. And what I mean by it was, it wasn't. Some of it was outstanding. Don't get me wrong. Like, look at the fucking goals against West Ham for God's sake. But it wasn't all out action. You know. We seemed a lot more structured, patient, and this is what we done last season. We we are patient and we we played our football and eventually known we'd we'd get there. Is that contributing to us being a little better at the back and not so open and, and not giving teams that encouragement? I suppose because that's what they were getting over the last month. Yeah, I mean, because I'm quite sad now. Nothing else to do in my life. Uh, I, I tend to watch the games back when they're on LSC TV. Mm. And the most striking thing I've seen in the Tottenham game, the West Ham game, which we probably haven't seen for about a month, is off the ball now, there is a real structure and shape again. And it moves like a unit. When the ball moves to their left back, we're in position. But we're also in a position where if we do win the ball back, it's not 10 men behind the ball. We're in position to spring which we haven't been doing for ages before. We were winning the ball back and then you'd see Trent look up and go, well, Trent's 15 yards back to where he should normally be and we've got nobody else. And, you know, when they'll have to turn, take a touch, take a touch and they get back into place. So he seems to have got a structure back. I mean, if you've got to be hypercritical, I think the back four we played the last two games, as our last game and a half with Phillips, is, is probably the back four we probably should have been using for quite some time when Matip's not available. It's easy in hindsight, but... We've all had the slight concerns with the other young lad. He just doesn't look quite ready yet. And look, he's 19. It happens. But the more I'm seeing it, the more I'm thinking, I don't know if Phillips, are we just arrived a bit of a crest of the wave? If we are, great. But I do think we could have rode that wave a bit sooner. Because at least with Phillips, he's a proper defender. You know, he's very old school. He's very much heads and kicks it and doesn't do anything, any sort of flair. But to be honest, for the last month, that's probably what we've needed. Someone just to head and kick it. And just be very agricultural, you know. It's not. I know it's not very exciting, but I think that's what he's given us. And I think the likes of a Trent trust him to go. Well, he's not going to go on a crazy run. He's not going to try something silly. He's literally going to just lump it. So I know what I know what I can do, you know. And the fact we've had a settled midfield for the last three games has probably helped. It does help, and I wanted to bring that to Paul. Paul, you know Thiago comes in and against Chelsea early on the season he's just popping balls around they were against 10 men but he was popping balls around like for fun I thought he was really good at Goodison Park um, before he gets injured he comes back and he's had a couple of games where I think he's looked a little bit off it I think he's been probably half a yard off the pace probably not in sync with the players around him which is understandable although he's training with the most days on a pitch is completely different uh, did we see at Spurs and West Ham teams starting to realise how good this guy is because I noticed that Spurs and, and uh, West Ham would look to probably press Liverpool and as soon as Thiago got it, you could see them backing off. It was like, we're backing off here and that was that allowed us to play our football and, and again, be patient. Our team starting to realise just how good this fella is? I think this question and the previous question are connected. I think we control games now in a very different way. I mean, yeah, very reminiscent of last season, but you take the West Ham game in particular, 
first 45 minutes, you'd be forgiven for thinking it wasn't the most spectacular thing on the face of the earth. But what was really interesting about that first half is that we basically nullified West Ham as a threat in general. And then in the second half, we started to impose our will on the game. And then that's when Thiago started to really come into it. I mean, I've got to admit, like the... uh, uh, I'm not like I'm not like Jamie like the uh, the the Tiago bromance love fest kind of. Jamie Jamie's in the team. chat there just talking about Tiago. He won't. <laughs> he refuses to talk about anything else. <laughs> you have a little heart emojis after after every yeah. mention of him, yeah. and and basically like the, the the love affair kind of wore off for me. I was a little bit worried actually a couple of weeks ago, especially through the bad form because it started to look for me like oh this is turning into a little bit of a Coutinho situation almost where like everything's got to go through him in order for us to do anything. And if he's not turning up and he's on it and he's still learning the pace of the English game, it, well, well, we're, we're not going to do anything. And lo and behold, that's kind of turned a little bit because I think we found that midfield shape now that allows him to get forward and do what he does best because we haven't been deploying him properly in previous games. Mm. We've expected him to do that Jordan Henderson kind of number six role. Mm. And... Honestly, like he can't play that role. He hasn't got the the energy yet, and he's not that type of player. Especially mm. the way Jordan plays, just to the right, and he yeah. fills in for Trent, like you pointed out brilliantly. It's yeah. it, he's not that type of player. Like you've got to have him as that kind of like fulcrum kind of playmaker. And yeah. the fact that we've now found that shape with you know Ginny and. Um, Milner or Curtis and then hopefully Fabinho now we've got some centre-backs we can actually now provide him with the proper platform so again you'll see more of this teams sitting back because they don't want to get picked off they don't want to leave any gaps because if there is like the, the merest shaft of light like Thiago will find a way through that and it does create a lot of space elsewhere for us to be able to cause havoc in other areas so I think we're starting to see it come into fruition now and start to really take shape it's kind of yeah. exciting to see yeah i think, uh, I think... Ja- jamie jamie's home says he heard the tiago bat signal going off and he came running onto the show <laughs> but i have to say someone else has pointed out look at the picture of him on his youtube um Mate. profile pic wow is must... james bond audition that uh, unbelievable uh, i don't know no he looks like he looks like yeah no he looks like somebody you know when you see um dancing on ice and they stand back to back before they come out onto the scene. That's exactly what it looks like. You should give us the rest of that photo, Jamie, to see exactly who's in it. I actually actually subscribed to to his, um, to Jamie's um, podcast. Oh yeah, he's on YouTube now. I'd I'd advise anybody to go and and give it a look and subscribe. You know, the content is Boot Room Podcast. After this, go in to Boot Room Podcast, have a look on YouTube. Um, he's only literally started today, I think. Um, so yeah. go in there, and if you're subscribed to us, subscribe to him. And yeah. um, you get, I think he's doing one, two a month. But um, he's yeah. going to be with us as well, um, um, on the regular as well. But go Cracking, cracking um, stuff, cracking stuff. Yeah, yeah go and um, um, he's taking over the midweek fix from tomorrow. So um, go and have a look at that. Not the midweek fix, you're going to be watching that anyway. But go and watch and look at Jamie's. Um, he has the first one up on YouTube, so the Boot Room Podcast. Um, lads, I want, I want to get, the, I want to get down to teams, and I want to get down to worries from Brighton. Um, our key players, who we think we can really get into this game and hurt them, um, lineups and predictions, right? So, um, P, I'm going to come back to you. Before we get on to Liverpool, Brighton, 
in your head, you probably have a Liverpool side in your head. That's fairly mm. easy to pick, I think, at the moment. Yeah. Um, what, when you think of that side that we will probably line up with, what worries you from? So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Coles has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids' summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash, too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So, yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. A Brighton point of view. Is there anything there you think, you yeah, have to, couple, if we stop this, what we'll be fine? Yeah, a couple of things. Mopay's movement across our back four. You know, he's not an orthodox centre forward. He, he kind of moves in and out the way they use him. They don't, they, they, the way they use them against Spores, very unorthodox. He popped up in a, a load of different positions and it kind of brings the likes of Pascal Gross uh, forward. And pa- Pascal Gross, he could have got two or three um, against Spores for me. He's a worry. Um, if Basuma starts, it's a bit like when Alden for us, you know, plenty of energy. I worry about are we gonna are they gonna have you know any kind of advantage against us in terms of energy across the middle of the park? Oh, I mean, I, I always worry about Lalana whether he play, plays 20, 20 minutes or not. And Zed, I agree with Zed Malik as well here. Whoever um, Trossard is a decent player. They have a few individuals. I tell you, I'm delighted that uh, Lamptey's not playing because when he, when we gave them a pace in last year, we just even though we beat them handy, we couldn't handle him. Just couldn't handle him, you know. He was fine in pockets of space, all you know, in behind. I think it was um, Robinson at the time, and it was it, it was a real problem. So he won't play tomorrow. So I'm, I'm delighted with that. No, that and was I, Nico Williams at the back end of last season. Yeah, that's why yeah. Robinson was missing, and yeah, that that's and it kind of was one of the games that exposed that. Beyond that, listen, they've quality all over the park. Is it at our level? Should I be that worried? I think Malpay is their danger man for me. His movement is outstanding. We should have too much for them. You know what I mean? Uh, we're not sports. That's the only thing. We're not sports, so we won't struggle like like they did. But Malpay is a is a real worry for me. Okay, Chris. Um, Malpay Trossard is mentioned there. Lamptey isn't playing, um, but the looks of it. Um, is there anything else uh, on top of what Pete says that worries you? Because somebody does say there. Um, you know, uh, Solly March and is a Trossard have good deliveries and they've three big centre-backs as well, so set well, pieces probably. Well, they've potentially got the world's biggest left-back as well in uh, Burns, who's about, yeah. eight foot, who's about eight foot tall. So. It's just Peter Crouch playing left-back, isn't it? It, it yeah. is, isn't it? I mean, fair to say, he's very good though. <laughs> he is very good, but yeah, set pe- I think it's set pieces is probably the thing for him. The only one who seems to come back at form is uh, Pascal Gross. Yeah, armchair mentions that. Because when he's on form, you know, he is the Guy from deep, you know, who get gets the goals for him. Uh, the, the big thing with Brighton is they're just not consistent enough. And when they are on, mm. fo- when they have their moments, they they don't turn they don't turn them into uh, wins enough. Hence why, as well as they did against Tottenham, it's the first home win of the season. So I get the fear about them. You know, they are a threat. It's not it's not me sitting back thinking, oh, this will be an easy afternoon. But there are reasons why they are where they are, and there's a reason why they, they've only won three games all year is they're not clinical enough. Now, for us, as we show, saw away at their place, we can't give them a, a lead because the best thing they'll like is they've got enough defense defenders there just to sit back then. Um, I don't think we're going to go for them early, though. Um, the pattern we seem to have the last couple of weeks is we sit back, we soak it up, we tie teams out, and we try and do it in the last half hour. 
you know, I'd like us to do it the other way because it's it's less stressful and it's more fun. But I've got a feeling we may go the other way of just trying to sit back, control it, get ourselves in the game, depending on who starts, and then look to win it in the last half hour. The last minute winner podcast says the Spurs game was the first home win in two hundred and twenty five days. The last one was against Arsenal. It would always be fucking Arsenal, wouldn't it? <coughs> Absolute shower of what I don't know. But anyway, <coughs> excuse me, Paul. Um, the lads have thrown up some stuff there that you know might worry us. Delivery, um, bit of pace, moving from Mope, different things. But what do you want to see us do? Because, uh, like, they're not at our level. They look at the table; they're not at our level, and. Uh, a week or two ago, you'd be going, oh, fucking hell. Like, a bit like Burnley, you know, oh, here we go. But now, with what we're seeing from this side, what way do we approach this? Do we go gung-ho, or do we just go out, make the pick, pitch big, control the ball, move it around, and we have that confidence back in us now? That'll, that'll be enough. I think it'll be a bit of both. I think initially we'll impose our authority on the game by being very organised and just, again, nullifying anything that they can do I, I, again like the the, the centre back situation is, is still until we get Kabach and Davis up to speed it is still going to be an issue so you know we're still going to have that and again just going back to that centre back issue for a second I think Jordan Henderson's communication is one of the major aspects of that and I think we'll continue along the same kind of lines, but I think you'll see us maybe try and up the pace a little bit because, you know, Brighton, they are many things. Uh, they are quite deceptive. I think they're, they they flatter to deceive a little bit. They're, they're very, like, soft once you kind of get past their sort of, like, you know, aesthetic, if you know what I mean, like 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 Chris was saying. They're very inconsistent. They're consistently inconsistent. The free so, ball, you know, yeah, ball of yeah. the last couple of years. Yes, similar, yes. similar, similar sides. Similar styles of play, similar ethoses of the clubs. Everything like you're quite right. So you know, once once we kind of get through that first half an hour, especially if it's going to be like what I think it should be, which is Phillips and and uh, Henderson again, I mm. think you'll see us really start to apply the pressure and we build ourselves a base into the game. And then you know, beginning of the second half, you'll probably see Brighton can hardly get out. And you know, I think in terms of threats, what I'm worried about going what Chris was saying with set pieces, the one that you've got to watch from set pieces is Lewis Dunk because yeah. he's got a hell of a header on him from yeah. set pieces and he scores as well. And now I've had him in FPL off, you know, on and off like over the seasons and he does give you good returns from, from uh, time to time. So we're just going to have to watch it at set pieces more than anything, as, as the lads quite rightly said. But I think we're just going to play our game and, and go from there. Yeah, um, Lewis Morales says, and I don't even know if this is true, right? Because people do this to me all the time. They put random stuff in, and they expect me to believe it. And sometimes I do. Um, hello, Olivier in Canada. That told me Paul Pescasolito was on a coin. Um, <laughs> son, son, <laughs> so, and, and I'm still disgusted over it. I, re, I genuinely, I, I, it would have been made. Uh, COVID would have meant nothing to me if I'd known for definite that Paul Pesky Salido's head was on um, the I think he said it was a quarter in, in um, Canada but he was lying to me and, and I still haven't forgiven him but um, but we haven't banned him so that's good uh, Lewis Morales says Songerlin team of the week because of the goal against Liverpool right um, are we talking about this goal that was disallowed because if we are and that's true right there's only one that's man good. there's only one God man on this planet God yes Garrett Cook most yeah. definitely put him in and went Brilliant finish against Liverpool team of the week. Because he didn't he do something a couple of weeks ago, Gary Crooks, where he put a guy in team of the week and I don't think he played or he, okay, I, yeah. yeah, there was there was something mental. So um I'm hoping I'm hoping um 
I'm hoping that's true, Luis Morales. Stif- Stefan Max's gal, you are an easy mark. I am an easy mark. Cause I, do you know what? Um, I, I love that sort of shit. I'd sit and talk about that all night, all mad stuff. I, I love all, all stuff. Marker says it was hilarious. Uh, somebody else says, uh, there you go. Um, is it there? Uh, is he still married to Karen Brady? Yeah, yeah Paul Mescalino. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But um, uh, sorry, Rajiv says uh, that Olivier is in day trippers history. He is because I was so upset when he wasn't on that coin. But um, probably best we don't uh, we leave out the female board members at West Ham these days. Yeah, yeah, listening. say yeah, say say nothing, please say nothing. Um, uh, Olivier says, "What can I do to be forgiven?" I'm only messing. Cars are forgiven. I, I I I think it's great. I, make, it, it, make, make him a coin. It's it's um it's one of it's one of it's one of my favourite moments in the last couple of months, I have to be honest with you. But um where were we? Yeah. So Brighton, what 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 our approach is, different bits and pieces. A couple of people have mentioned in the chat there about may, maybe resting Tiago with City. Do we take Pete, do we take this in I will let you give me a team, but before yeah. you do, do you take that into consideration, City on Sunday? hundred percent. Listen, yeah. how many times have we been on this forum talking? And it's funny, Mohammed made the point a little bit earlier on that I was scribbling away, and I'll tell you now, Mohammed, what I was scribbling was my team with with that because I think there's going to be a lot of people disappointed. It's going to be the usual. I can't believe he's put that side out tomorrow. I think there's yeah. going to be a load of lads dropped. We have Manchester City this weekend. This is a midweek game. This is a game, you know the way Klopp goes at it. We all think, oh, what's the best side to play against Brighton? It won't be that side. It won't be that side. I think you're absolutely right. You're spot on, Gav. I think I think you're going to see James Milner. You're going to see Oxlade-Chamberlain. You might even see Simakas. You're going to see players that, you know, are going to make you go, oh, do we really want, want to win this game? But we have a squad. That's what we have a squad for. I think you're right, Gav. There's going to be changes. And if you want to ask me what my 11 is, I'll tell you. Yeah, come on. It might, might disappoint people. I've got the normal goalkeeper, obviously. I don't think he'll go that far. I think he'll go Trent, Hendo Phillips, because he has to, and maybe Timikas, Ox, Milner, Thiago in the middle, with a question mark over Thiago. So maybe Ox, Milner, and Jones, uh, Salah, and Bobby, and Shakiri across the front. Okay. Um, that's an interesting one. It really is. Uh, somebody says there, um, Gareth knows less about football than my dog, and I don't have a dog, uh, which is fair enough. Ben Ebbett says, that's the real reason Gav's off the cans. He's always falling for hilarious comments. <laughs> I am. I just take you as fuckers at face value, and I shouldn't. But um, when I stop taking... Yeah, when I stop... Yeah, when I stop taking you as a face value, then it, it's not as fun. It's absolutely not as fun. Um, Chris... Couple of changes there from P. I don't agree with the Milner thing. I think Milner might be the one to step out because he has played United, Spurs, West Ham over the last week, and I, I think he's probably a shoe in for City. Um, but Chris, what would your team be? Uh, I think the back four is the back four. There is the option of Simicast instead of Robertson because I think Robertson's not missed a game. So the question we can't is, do not have him against City exactly. Yeah. So, but the question is, does he try and do Robertson for an hour, get it won, and then? do the simmer casting. That's the one I was, he might look at. I think Genie's going to play because we're just going to keep playing him until he signs a contract or pisses off. It's one or the other. Uh, so I think he'll play. I think Jones will play. I still think he'll keep Thiago in. Um, I'm assuming they're doing all sorts of tests on him. And, you know, as long as they feel he's, there's no risk in him, there's no risk in him. We tried it with Milner doing three games in a week and his fourth game was Brighton earlier in the season and he was crocked then for a month. So, and at the moment... You probably see your midfield at the moment for City is probably going to be uh, Genie, Thiago, Milner. Because from all the talk on some of the press people, it is 
he's got to go Henderson Fabino for City as mm. a centre back. He's not going to try either of the new guys, which a little surprised. I thought he might have tried one. It depends, but it depends on the train. And then I think Shakiri should should play, keep himself in rhythm. Plus, mm. with Shakiri, you never know how long he's going to stay fit for, so you may as well ride the wave that he's there. Uh, you would assume a re- probably Origi Firmino and maybe Salah's on the bench. Um, but I don't know, Salah's in form, so do you just keep him going? He's a rhythm player, and he's one of those players, if you give Salah a week off, he's he's not the same. He doesn't like it, and you can see in his performances. Mm. So yeah. I think we've about 15 players there. Okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm presuming 11 of them might start, so that's Hope cool. So. Hopefully. Uh, boss Man Steel says there is a full week after the City game. It will be full steam ahead this week. I, I tend to agree. Mm-hmm. I tend to agree. Paul, go on, give us a team. I honestly can't see many changes. I think obviously Milner's got the tight hamstring, so that means Curtis <laughs> comes in. Mm-hmm. And I think there's probably going to be, I think it's probably going to be like a very similar team otherwise to the to the West Ham game. Because, you know, we're talking about Jürgen Klopp here. We're talking about a manager who played his best striker in a dead rubber. Like we're, we're talking about, like he doesn't like resting players unless he absolutely has to. Yeah, of course he did, but you know he he, he probably still thinks that was a gamble worth taking because you know we're we're always we're always a little bit questionable when we've had a bit of a break or when players have had a break. That's why I don't think you see Simicast tomorrow because Robbo is one of those players. He thrives on minutes. Uh, Tiago needs minutes. He needs fitness because for me, even though he's playing great, he still looks a yard off. I mean, there's some very clumsy tackles that have gone in in recent games. So he needs to be exposed as much as possible and, and you know, really get his head around the game and also get his body around the game as well. So to be honest, I'm, I'm going to be pretty bored and I think it's going to be the exact same team that started against West Ham, but with Milner out and Curtis Jones in unchanged otherwise mm. God you've thrown loads at me there um, Alisson in goal Trent Robertson fullbacks I agree on Phillips and Henderson mm-hmm. Milner I think yeah I, I think I, I said it after the West Ham game I, I think this is a game too far from especially if you're talking toy hamstrings and I think he will want them he will definitely want them for Sunday if the talk is that Henderson and, and Fabinho will play at centre half. So Milner is a shoe in there with Wijnaldum and Thiago for me. Um, so I, I would I would put Jones in there with Wijnaldum and Thiago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with the Shakiri thing, uh, Salah and Firmino. But I think we might, I think we might see, I, I think he might go a bit narrower here in this game. Um, I, I think he might try get Salah in as narrow as he can beside Firmino, and I think he might try get. Uh, Shakiri in, in behind them and look look for the three the three in midfield to, to protect and the fullbacks to bomb on because I think Brighton are going to play three at the back with two wing backs and then they usually they'll go with a, a sitting midfielder on top of that two in front and maybe maybe even another one in front of that before you, and they go one up front um, so yeah I think I think I think I agree I think I think it's the same team that West Ham bar Jones for Milner no, sorry, it's not the same team because Origi started. Um, Firmino comes in for Origi. Um, Jones comes in for Milner. I think those might be the two changes. Um, predictions. Now, you know the rules. You have to give predictions and you must give scorers. Um, we don't go easy here. So, Pete, back to you, prediction. I'm going to go 3-1 Liverpool with 
I'm going to go something unusual with Trent to score first with set piece. Oh, nice. And who's the other two? Well, that's two. Salah with the other two. Salah with the other two. Nice. Mm. Um, Chris? Uh, 3-0. Salah with a brace and Thiago's get his first goal. Okay. Paul? I'm going to go 2-1 and I think Shakiri scores and Salah gets the winner. Okay. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to go 2-0. Very rarely I go 2-0, but I'm going to go 2-0 and I'm going to go with... I fancy Shakiri. Shakiri and Firmino. I thought you're gonna go full. I thought you're gonna go full Keith and go like eight nil. No, no, no. Keith's <laughs> up in the clouds. Like he's a clouds man. Um, so no, he's not. No, he's up in the LFC. Kenny clouds. Um, no, two nil. I'll take two nil. Ben Eber has. Um, ben Eber has. Let me see. Sorry, the last minute podcast. Last minute winner podcast has three one Salah Firmino and Origi. Uh, Rajiv has two one Salah and Shaq Conley for them. Stephen Duffy has a hard fought 3-0. Uh, someone has a Shaq Hattrick there. It's gone. Uh, there we are. Um, Edward Andre Redwolf, Shaq Hattrick. Yay, 3-0. Um, Stephen O'Connor has 3-0 with a Salah Hattrick. 10-0 to Liverpool, says the real OG Whitfield. Um, so there you go. Um, Keith Burner. That's Keith Burner. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Keith Burner. Looks a bit like Keith Derby when he had hair as well as picture. So fair play. Um, <clears throat> lads, um, before we go, um, Paul, you have a new podcast as well. How's it going? I do. I do. It's, yeah, it's going really well. It's going really well. Not football or sports related in the slightest. No. Nope. Uh, as you know, I uh, I work in the uh, in the field of electronic music. That's kind of my day job mm-hmm. when there's not like massive global pandemics happening okay. and there's fun and parties and raves to be had. All uh, the Gary's, so- all the Gary's, yeah. Oh, the, the Gary Ablets, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, the classic slang. And uh, basically, we, we started this podcast because I've run an educational platform for aspiring artists. And, you know, I've uh, I've been very lucky in my career to, to work with a lot of big names like Sasha, for example, who's a big red, by the way, uh, and, and other big name DJs and film composers and people like that. So we started a podcast where we can have long form conversations with these people, really get inside their brains. And basically, you know, the, the aspiration is for it to be the Joe Rogan experience, but for DJs and techno. So yeah, it's been going really well. We've had some amazing guests on. We've had Bushwhacker from Leo and Bushwhacker. And we've had like a Hollywood film composer on who's like worked on like Mission Impossible. Try the new Big Sky Burger at Roy Rogers. It's Smithfield pulled pork, beer battered onion rings, American cheese, and spicy barbecue sauce on a Kaiser bun. Have a cowboy kind of day at Roy's. Ain't no way you're going wrong. DoorDash and Uber Eats available at participating restaurants. Possible, and you know he's wet with Ridley Scott and stuff like that, which was wicked. And yeah, we're, we've got some really, really good, uh, good episodes coming up. So if you're into that type of thing, it's called Beyond the Studio, and you'll find that uh, anywhere you get your podcasts. And uh, as I say, it's going to be it's a wide range of subjects from people's personal journeys to really geeky stuff about music production, like, you know, what compressors people use and what mixing desks they like and all this kind of stuff. So it runs the whole gamut. So if you're an audio nerd, if you're into dance music, that is uh, probably going to be of interest to you. Yeah, go and go and check it out. Um, it's really good. I've listened to, um, I think, have I listened to one or two of them? I've, um, 
I might have been one I've listened to, um, but it's really good. Um, and it doesn't matter what, just listen to people talk about music is, is, um, is, is the big thing I took out of it, whether you like techno or whatever it might be. Um, we have mentioned Jamie's podcast. If anyone else wants to mention, give us a share. We'll throw it out there. We don't give a fuck. Um, we'll, 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 we'll promote anything and anybody. Um, we're, we're not like that. Um, but go and check out, uh, Beyond the Studio. It's really, really good. And as Paul says, you can get it on all your, um, all your podcast apps, no matter where you get them. Um, right. Before we go, um, the Keen Strong uh, campaign that we've been running for the last while, you've seen it on our social media, you've seen it on our artwork for our shows, you see it in the show description for every single show, including this one. So a lot of people in the chat will know about this. People that don't, Keen is 14 months old now, I think. At five months old, he was diagnosed with brain cancer, okay? Um, he lives in America. Um, his father is Irish and a friend of somebody on this podcast. The father moves to America, meets a lovely American girl in New York. They have a baby called Keen, and five months in, he gets brain cancer. He's 14 months old now. He's over a load of operations, treatments and stuff like that. So he's in some sort of recovery, thank God. And we want that, it always to be recovery and not, you know, back in, in, in the operating theater. He needs about a hundred thousand dollars because let's be honest, it costs a lot of money to look after a child when they're fit and healthy and run around the 14 months when they've had brain cancer they go through traumatic experiences and you know they they don't their development is 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 scuppered slightly because let's be honest he he hasn't lived a normal 14 months so they need they need a hundred thousand dollars for for recovery and treatments and whatever it doesn't matter what he needed for they need it this guy the had brain cancer right so basically what we done was we first of all we got people to donate and that's brilliant the link is in the description you can go on to the go for me and donate but um kieran torn a listener to this show came to me and said can we not do a little bit more what about this so he he donated 500 pounds straight up and said go and get yourself some prizes to drop to raffle so i continued this on um through other people and, and other podcasts that we know and different things and we've got a list of prizes together how this is going to work is we hope it goes live so hopefully by the end of this week we're working with one of our sponsors footballprizes.co.uk you will know them because they raffle off memorabilia every week they sell tickets you go into the draw the winner gets the memorabilia and it's all you know lovely stuff from all different clubs they've put themselves forward free of charge to help us with this so what's going to happen is hopefully by the end of the week we will have a link to their site that you can go on give your name i think it's the name address and email and um, you it's four pound 95 per ticket okay there was there, we've 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 limited to 500 tickets okay so we're hoping to make about three thousand dollars out of this every single penny of it going to keen you know we're not taking that now the football prizes are taking no commission they've even given us a prize on top of of helping us out for free so hopefully this is lo- live by the end of the week we will have it all across our social media we will list every prize in detail who's given it to us and in every single tweet you will find a link to their website to that dedicated link where you can go in and buy a ticket now if you buy a ticket and you pick num- you're going to pick the number you go in and pick number 50 or 100 whatever it might be if you pick number 50 you're not in one draw you're in 12 draws Okay, so every prize is going to be raffled off individually. It's not a case of you know, 500 people buy a ticket and Paul buys number 50 and number 50 comes out and Paul gets everything. It's not how it works. It's going to be 12 individual draws at the moment. If we can get any more in, 
we keep adding the prizes in. It's no problem. You can buy one ticket, you can buy 10, you can buy 20, you can buy whatever you want to increase your chances of winning. Okay. Um, but I will, uh, we have the list of prizes. Okay. So I just want to call them out so people have an idea. But I, as I said, it will be detailed across our social media. Hopefully by the end of the week when this goes live, tell you, buy a ticket if you can. Even if you buy a ticket, you're in a draw. You're in 12 draws, but you're donating. It's a donation as well at the same time. Okay. So if you can, do it yourself, tell your friends, tell your family, spread it across social media, wherever it might be, all right? So just to let you know, the prizes so far is a signed and boxed Virgil van Dijk jersey. There's a signed and boxed Allison jersey. There's a Mane um, collage, um, which is signed by Sadio Mane, which is framed as well. That's from Football Prizes. Um, Steve-O of um, Trippers fame um, was in the Marco Hotel in Dublin a couple of years ago and got a, it's a Warrior Liverpool jersey signed and framed. There's only five of them that were ever produced. Um, signed by Lewis Garcia and Jamie Carragher. Um, the Anfield Rap have given us a signed Istanbul jersey um, signed by Jamie Carragher. The Redman TV have given us um, one hoodie and two T-shirts of their merchandise, all signed by the madman that is Bruce Graveler. Um, Carl Toyer, that you will know off Twitter, that does all the animations Liverpool related, he's given us five A4 prints for, um, covering the whole squad from winning the league in 1920. Um, Moving Unit on Twitter does brilliant football-related merchandise, which is based around computer games so what he's done is he has made the you know corner taken quickly a rigi but it's in the style of fifa 95 and it's fucking fantastic right he's given us an a2 um size print it's brilliant go and look at that it's, it's amazing right um the the cop.com um which of course is a liverpool website and app they've given us 30 pounds of a voucher to go in and pick a piece of their mer- uh, merchandise you have um you have a guy on instagram called class Quatch, okay, you will see it on our social media, but he's given me a brilliant, um, I think it's A3 or A2. It's, it's, it's basically his own painting of Jurgen Klopp, but he has like a crown on and all. It's mad looking. You love that as well. Um, Sean Leonard Art on Twitter has given us four A4 prints, um, of two of Henderson, both with the European Cup and the League trophy, um, Jurgen Klopp and Mo Salah. And three retro have given us a jersey of your choice if you win that prize. So that's the 12 prizes so far. Um, £4.95 per ticket. I've talked a hell of a lot there. I realise that, but there's a lot of information. Um, and look, it'll go live. Keep an eye out for it. We will tell you when, when we're on our shows about it. But for 4 95 you're not being entered in one draw. You're being entered in at least 12. Because if I can get any more prizes in or I can find anything to put in on this, I will absolutely add it in. Um, no problem at all. Just to let you know, just to recap, sorry. Um, the two box jerseys, um, are donated. One on its own by Kieran Thorne and the second one by Kieran Thorne and, um, a mate of mine called Jimmy Maguire who listens and watches. Um, so that's, that's about it. I think I've covered it. Um, it is exciting. It is a really, really good cause. And if we can, if we can get these five hundred tickets done and get three thousand dollars to this kid, um, it's worth it. I'm weeks doing this. I'm fucking weeks doing it. I keep losing the prizes. Um, I keep putting them down, and my son takes them and just decides like what the fuck's this and just disappears with him he's won so um, it's absolutely mad Owen Burke wants to know if I'll throw in a pre- few Pro V1s golf balls not a fucking chance they're all my golf bag you're not getting them I need them brother especially with um, the months I've had off this golf it's going to be horrendous to watch me play golf when I eventually got back on the course but from me um, 
and everyone at the day trippers we urge you to get behind us whether it's whether it's telling friends telling family anything at all just if we sell these 500 tickets i'm going to pay for all the postage for all these to be sent um absolutely no problem it doesn't matter i don't care what it costs i will send them anywhere and um, just to know that this guy is getting three thousand dollars so and um, anyone st- can i just say Gav, anyone that doesn't understand you know how serious a situation like that is in the united states you know you know my half my family live there Healthcare over there is extremely expensive you know, nobody has access. Nobody has automatic entitlements the way you would have in in Ireland, for example. It must be hell on earth for Keane's parents what they're going through. So please, I would urge anybody: don't think of this as any kind of pot that's going in. You know, every penny counts, and every penny will definitely be needed if if anyone out there knows what it's like to live in the United States. One hundred percent. And a hundred thousand dollars in healthcare in America is not an awful lot. It's, it's not. It could cost you that to go in and have an operation in America because I'm mad, right? Exactly. But <clears throat> all, all we want there of all we want there with this is to get this kid to a hundred thousand dollars, and for me to come back to you in a year's time saying he's completely free of all this cancer. Yeah. He's running around. Mm-hmm. He's kicking footballs. I think his dad's a United fan, so we won't be giving him and we won't be sending him any Liverpool gear. But we could mm-hmm. to influence him, could we? At a really young age, yeah. but um. No, it's it's a friend of of one of our lads, and he just happened. I happened to spot something one day, um, a t shirt he was wearing, and I asked him about it, and this kind of grew from here with the help of Kieran Torn, um, the likes of and all those people I've mentioned that have donated prizes, and the lads are at the LFC day trippers that have been supportive of me while I'm trying to do this. So, um, yeah, it's 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 something that we're going to stick with, um, till the till the very end, till he gets to 100,000. I don't care if I have to do podcasts for two more years until he mm. hits that 100 grand. I really don't. Um, so that's it. I'm sorry for going on so much about it. No, um, no, the, no. Uh, the, 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 spend another hour talking about it if you want. The, the, tweet, the tweets will be a lot more direct and to the point. It will lead you to a link. It will lead, it's very self-explanatory when you get in there as to how to buy tickets, how much they cost and what's on offer because all pictures of all the prizes have been sent all the details of the prizes have been sent and Bill and the lads over at Football Prizes fair play to them they're going to set all this up get it running for us get it live and of course do the draw for us as well we're going to try to do it together but if it means he has to do it I don't care I don't care who does it um, once it's done so lads um, I'm going to let you go I've kept you long enough um, Chris it's been an absolute pleasure and we will talk to you very soon sorry sorry Chris massive disaster £4.99 the donation to Keane um, I've taken note of that along with the others that have been done over the last couple of weeks and that will be forwarded Chris sorry it's been an absolute pleasure thanks for having me mate no worries good stuff at all um Paul, best of luck with the podcast and we'll talk to you very, very soon. Pleasure as always, mate. Good stuff, good stuff. And P, um, short on, um, nothing on underneath. Um, as James <laughs> Smith's, as James Smith throws in another fiver for, for Keen, fair play to him. Um, P, we'll get you on back on again soon, yeah. Um, are you in your new apartment? Huh? Are you in your new apartment, yeah? Oh, yeah, we're here. Of course, yeah, you bought your new big telly. I can see it behind you. <laughs> <laughs> made, made sure to get that into shot for a play to you. Um, but, um, Pete, it's been an absolute pleasure me to talk to you soon as well. Never a job. Take care, Good boys. Stuff. Good stuff. That has been um, the match build-up with the LFC Day Trippers. Jamie, myself, Grizz and Keith, I think, tomorrow um, from about 10 to 10.15 um, with the midweek fix. Keith is back on Thursday with a build-up show for Manchester City. And we're back on the Friday forecast, looking at the Premier League weekend on Friday night. Um, that's it. Um, I'm wrecked from fucking saying all that over and out.
15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Sports Social Podcast Network.